0: just start weeping i'm still recovering from worship to be quite honest with you it was just so so moving this morning um as we sang those songs and god just he moves on your heart it's awesome that's the spirit of god well happy happy labor day sunday to all of you it's so good to see you here it's good to for those of you that may be joining us online and this morning i want to share something that god has really been pressing on my heart now for for many weeks even months and and i'm just going to give you a caveat right up front like you know me Sometimes I can get emotional, I can get passionate, I might raise my voice. It's only because it's God burning something inside of me, right? I don't want anybody to walk out of here going, oh my gosh, Greg was crazy today. No, there's just something burning inside me and it's like, God, I, I got to get it out. And, and, and here's the thing, I, I believe God is calling us in this day and this hour for the church to be the church, Amen. Right, and, and for us to stand up and be the church, sometimes we like, well, what does that really mean to be the church? Okay, I'm gonna put it in everyday language. It's called do your job. That's what we've got to talk about this morning, because for us as the church to be the church, we've got to do the job that God has called us to do, right? So so what is that job might be a question. And and that's a great question to ask. God, what is it that you've called us to do to, to be the church? And we're going to go this morning to a passage in 2 Corinthians. We're just going to kind of take it verse by verse and see, God, what is the job that you've called us to do as the church today? So let's read from 2 Corinthians five fifteen. It says this in verse 15, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who, is, who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And the old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Lord, I pray that you would take your words today, shine the light of the Holy Spirit on your words, and Lord, just illuminate them to our hearts, God. Lord, let us see your word, let us be changed by it. We open up our hearts to you, we open up our ears to you, Father, speak by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So as we read this passage, if I would ask you this question, what's the job of the church? In one word, what is it? What is it? It's right there. To be Christ's ambassador, right? One word is be an ambassador. That's what God has called us to be. Nothing more, nothing less. He's called us to be an ambassador. So you might ask, well, what does it really mean to be an ambassador? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that question. So we all know, as the President of the United States when he would send an ambassador to Italy or or Ireland or or whatever the country is, right? That ambassador is an authorized representative or messenger. They serve at the pleasure of whom? Serve at the pleasure of the president. He can appoint them. He can tell them, nope, your service is done. I want someone else in that job. It's up to him, right? So let me ask you a few questions just to test your understanding of what it really means to be an ambassador. See how you do. This is going to be multiple choice and, and you can just yell out the answer, all right? So as an ambassador... Whose views do you represent? Your own or God's? God's. Good. Got that one right. As an ambassador, do your positive or negative actions or reactions reflect only on you? Or do they also reflect on God? They reflect on God, not just us. As ambassadors, is the what you say the only thing that matters? Or is the how you say it, does that matter as well? It matters too. How you say it matters a lot. So, If we had to grade ourselves this morning on being ambassadors, scale of one to five, five being outstanding, one being needs a lot of improvement, where would you put yourself? You don't need to answer that question. But I think here's the message that God wants us all to get. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. God has given us all this message of reconciliation that he wants us to speak. That's our job. So let me ask you this last question. As an ambassador, is it ever okay to get off topic? Is it ever okay for me to just start spouting what I think they need to know? Or do I need to only state what, you know, my messenger has told me this is the message? Is it okay to get off topic? No. But you know what? My fear is this. Not my fear, my belief is that as a church, we've gotten off topic, We've gotten off topic away from what God has called us to do, which is to be his ambassador. So I want to just dig into that a little bit more this morning. And I I want to talk about this idea. Mark mentioned in his message last week, the messy middle. If you didn't hear that message, it was a great message. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But he mentioned this idea of a savior complex. And as he was talking about it, I was just so convicted. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. So I looked it up like, is that a thing, or did Mark just make up this whole idea of a savior complex? And no, it's a thing. You can look up a definition. Here's a definition. A savior complex or a white knight syndrome describes the need to save people by fixing their problems. So how many of you would say maybe you resemble that remark this morning? You you got the savior complex. But if I'm really truthful with you, I don't quite just have the savior complex. I need to have a modified savior complex because it goes something like this if I'm driving in the left lane and you're in front of me and you're driving slower than I think you should, I'm going to ride up your bumper or maybe flash my high beams because I feel like it's my job to teach other people how to drive, to tell them what to do, how to do it. And, and you know what, like, I don't want to just fix you. I want to teach you that my way is the right way, right? And, and, and I'm sorry for that. And I apologize if I've ever... I'm, I'm getting better. I want to let you know I'm getting better, but some of us, we feel like it's our job to fix other people. It's our job to correct them. It's our job to show them the, the truth. And, and we don't do it in, in a very good manner. But you know what the truth is? this, We only need one Savior in the world, and it's not you. And it's not me. The Savior is Jesus Christ, right? So let the Savior do the job he does best. Let him save people. Let him bring people and, and change their lives. You can't change anybody's life. I can't change anybody's life. So, so that's the savior complex. When we're trying to do, we're trying to correct, we're trying to fix other people. But here's the truth. It's Jesus that died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. See, when I'm trying to fix you, I'm not living for, my, I'm not living for God. I'm living for myself then because I've, I've gone rogue. I'm taking this message and I'm kind of making stuff up and saying, no, you need to do this. And you need... Wait a minute. That's God's job to fix people. My job is to be his ambassador, right? So, so let's not get our roles confused here. But when we no longer live for ourselves, instead we live for who? We live for Christ. We speak his message. See, some of us, we would never say that we're better than Jesus, right? Anybody here think you're better than Jesus? No, but you know what? This is what Jesus said. I don't speak a word that I didn't hear my father tell me to speak. Right. Jesus knew what his job was and he only spoke what he heard his father. Why would we do anything different than that? Why would we get off topic? Why would we think we're a savior? We got to fix people. We got to tell them what's right and wrong. No, we got to point people to Jesus because the truth is when we no longer live for ourselves and we live for Christ, something happens. There's a new life inside of us. So, you know, if you're here this morning and you don't know what it means to be in relationship with Jesus, you don't know what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life, I'd love to talk with you afterwards about that because it will change your life. The gospel message, which is Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again to pay the price for your sin and my sin, it changes our lives. That when I get off the throne of my life and say, Jesus, you take the wheel, I'm not going to live for myself, I'm going to live for you. It will change your life. And, and that's what we need in this world. We need people's lives to be changed by the power of the gospel, not by us trying to persuade them right or wrong. If I go forward into verse 16, it says, and all, so, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has, become, has, has begun. So have you become a new person this morning? Right? I, I know that's God's heart for all of us, that we would all become new, that we would all say that sinner's prayer, so to speak, where we say, God, I'm a sinner. I need, I need forgiveness, Lord. I come to the cross of Jesus Christ, to the blood that he shed for me that I might be that new person that he's created me to be. See, this message is so incredible. It will change our lives. And, and as I look at the world and what we're going through as a world right now, I'm like, the world needs Jesus. And he's called me and you to tell others about him, right? And, and you know, specifically I've been reading some, some books lately on vacation and whatnot about the racial injustice going on. Right? And, and one, of the, one of the sayings that I found that I, that I read recently, and I, and I looked it up, and it's not attributable necessarily to one person. A number of people have said this, but it really resonates with me. This is a saying. We don't have a skin issue. We have a sin issue. Right? And, and we're trying to resolve things sometimes. And sure, you know, maybe if we got better training and better laws and all that, it might resolve some things. But you want to see racial justice We need to point people to Jesus. That's how we get racial justice. The only answer is going to be found in him. It's not going to be found in in all these other things we're looking at. Right? The world needs Jesus. And God has called me and you to tell them about it. That, That is our job. Jesus died to save us from our sins. As we give our life to him, he'll make us a new person. That's the message of hope that we all have. So 2 Corinthians 5 goes on to say, and all of this is a gift from God. What's the all of this? It's the telling people about Jesus, that we've got a new life, that that Jesus will come and make your life new when you turn it over to him. It's a gift from God. We don't earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn the love of God. God loves you right where you are, but he wants to take you from where you are and then move you forward in him. So all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's our job, to help other people get reconciled to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to him. God no longer counts people's sins against them. He forgives them. He forgives you and me. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So the what and the how. I think we're pretty clear by now. What's the message? The message is we're his ambassador, and we need to tell people. We need to make the appeal for God. Come back to God. We need to talk about reconciliation. But we said earlier when we were talking about the job of the ambassador, it's not just the what they say. It's also the how they say it, right? You can't be an ambassador and deliver a message and deliver it with a, the with a wrong intonation or deliver it with the wrong attitude. The message will be lost. They'll just be looking at your attitude instead. So what's the attitude that God would have us have as we deliver his message? The attitude is love. So if I'll read from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 and 2 first, and then we can read 13, uh, 3 on the screen. But it says this in 13, 13, verses 1. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secrets plans and possessed all knowledge, how incredible would that be? And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. And if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I I might be able to boast, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, you know, I don't know about you, but is anybody willing to work for nothing? Nothing. Like, would you just go through your life, you know, I'll, I will work for free, you don't have to pay me, I'll be starving, I'll be homeless, and I'll work for nothing. Like, we're not wired that way. God, it's not effective for us to do things and get nothing for it. It's just not effective. It's not what he's called us to. But yet, so often, we feel like we can just speak like we want to speak. When we go rogue as an ambassador, do our thing with our message. No, God hasn't called us to do that. God has called us, here's the what, and here's the how. So we know it's so important for us to communicate with love, but what does that really look like? How do I make it tangible that you and I can feel it and we can express it? So let's walk through 13 verses 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Right, so if I'm expressing the message of God's truth, I'm going to say it patiently, and I'm going to say it with kindness. You know, we've lost the art of being kind today in America. Like, I I see so much name-calling. I see so much division. We've lost this art of being patient. What's the matter, you imbecile? Don't you get it? Like, who am I to talk to anybody that way? Why would I call someone stupid? or, or the No, love is patient. Love is kind. That's the message. That's the how I deliver it. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. We don't have any right to be rude when we're God's ambassadors. Love doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It doesn't keep a record of being wronged. Isn't that hard sometimes not to keep a record of being wronged? Like when someone burns me, it's hard for me to forget that they've burned me. It's really hard, but but we have to give that up to the Lord. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to be the ambassador that he's called us to be. Love doesn't rejoice about injustice. It rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And the truth is who Jesus is. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So what does it mean for us to be the church? To be the church, it's our job to represent Jesus. He makes his appeal through us. How are we doing, church? How are we doing recognizing our job and fulfilling our job? See, this is one of the things I've learned through so many years working as an engineering manager in industry. There is one thing that makes a high performing team. One thing. I, I've worked for Intel, for Texas Instruments, for Hewlett Packard. One thing, uniform across any of those high tech companies, that makes a high performing team. You want to know what it is? It's people knowing what their job is and doing their job. Right? Organizations get in disarray when people don't know their role. And like everyone is watching over, everyone else is back trying to get their job done, your job. Like, just do your job. And if you know your job and you do your job, it's amazing. The team starts to hum and you get so much more done. What would it look like in the church if we knew our job and we did our job, right? Um, Amazing, amazing things would happen in the kingdom of God if we all started to take this message of reconciliation. And instead of doing all the stuff that we do, we're focused on one message because we're God's ambassador this is what he's called us to be. It's our job to represent Jesus. He makes his appeal through us. And every time we're communicating the what? We're communicating it with love, right? I'm not judging you. I'm not putting you down. I'm not saying you've messed up. You're, you're this, you're that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all those things that 1 Corinthians 13 talked about. I'm not being rude. I'm being patient. I'm being kind. That's the way we communicate. See, it's not our job to save or correct other people. But somehow the church is, has lost focus, and we think, if we don't stand up for truth, if we don't tell other people, no, God didn't say you need to say all these things. He said one message. Tell people, point people to Jesus, because it's Jesus that's going to fix them. It's Jesus that's going to heal them. It's Jesus that's going to change their lives. I can't convince you to change your life on your own. You don't have the power to do that. The only person with the power to change us is Jesus, You know, if, if I were honest with you, as, as I'm thinking this and, and, and meditating on this over the past number of weeks, I'm like, God, forgive me, because I've gone rogue. I'm, I'm your ambassador, but I've gone rogue. I'm, I'm kind of giving Greg's message. There's a whole lot of Greg in my message and a, and a little bit of Jesus. And it's like, i got to get rid of the Greg, and I've got I to be focused on who Jesus is and who he's called me to be. Some of us are pretty vocal about the election. Right, I want to let you know this. Joe Biden's not going to be the savior of America. Donald Trump's not going to be the savior of America. In fact, God is not Republican. God is not Democratic. God is God. And, and we, you know, yes, we all should go vote. I'm going to go vote. That's our responsibility to vote. But you know what? We don't need to fight for this or for that or the other. We need to point people to Jesus because that's what's going to save the world. That's, his, that's what's going to help people. So, so why do we get so worked up and so incensed about this, that, or the other, and we get off topic? We go rogue. And I'm like, God, maybe i got to watch the news less because it makes me want to go rogue. It makes me want to put my thought out there. No, God has given us what to say. He's like, reconcile other people to Jesus Christ. That's the message I want you to say. So I know as I'm saying this, there's some of us that are just burning on the inside. But what about, ah, I got to be able to get it out. I got to be able to tell the truth. Okay, I'm going to give you a help, all right? What about when we see sin in other people's lives? All right, are we just supposed to stay silent? Like, how do I stand silent when I see this or that going on and I know it's wrong? Okay, God, God allows for that. Okay, he does, he does say that there's times that we should speak. But here's, here's some example of how he says it. This log versus speck, it's a parable in Matthew 7. Matthew 7.3 says this, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your own, your own eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye and then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So if you see an issue that needs to be resolved absolutely you should be saying god how do i resolve it but here's the thing you do first say god would you point out all the things i'm doing wrong would you point out all the logs i got in my eye because god until i see what i'm doing wrong and i see that log i'm not capable of trying to take the speck out of someone else's eye so if you feel the need to go and correct someone this is the process right Did you ever hear when you got one finger pointing at you how many are one finger pointing how many are pointing back at you right this is kind of the log and the speck now, how did Jesus confront people with sin? We have another parable where Jesus, they brought to him this, this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And they wanted to accuse her. They wanted to condemn her. They wanted to actually throw stones at her. And they said, Jesus, doesn't the law say that we should stone someone? And you know Jesus said nothing. He went silent. and He starts to draw in the sand. And like, Jesus, you've got to give us an answer. What are you doing? And finally he comes back and he says this, let you who are without sin cast the first stone. And what happened to him? They all walked away because they all had sin. Jesus was the only sinless person. He had the authority if he wanted to, to take up the first stone and cast it. And he chose not to. See, Jesus forgives our sin. He doesn't condemn us for our sin. So he said to this woman, woman, where are all the people that accuse you? Oh, they've all left. Well, then you know what? I don't condemn you either. But then he said, go and sin no more. See, there is a place for loving people right where they are and then loving them to the truth. But it's the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of Jesus. I don't have to tell you all the things you're doing wrong in your life. The Holy Spirit will do that. Let the Holy Spirit, let God be God. And, and let us do our job. Our job is to bring people to Jesus. He, he will take care of them. All right, here's another What if? What if someone posts something online that I just know is not true? Like, this is flagrant. It's out there. Guys, ambassadors don't argue on Facebook. I don't know how plainly, more plainly to say it. We, if, when I see Christians going on Facebook, bam, back and forth, I'm like, oh, we're off message. We're off topic. We've lost sight of what it means to follow Jesus and be his light. And, and I, I'm sorry if I'm talking to one of you today, But like Christians don't argue on Facebook. Ambassadors don't argue on Facebook. It's just not not what we've been called to do. So if you see something on Facebook and you're like, I can't help myself. Here's my guidance for you. Maybe private message the person. And start off by asking a question like, could you help me understand what is it that you're really trying to say here? Because maybe you're not understanding it. But if you could get into a conversation, if you could could approach them with love and not being arrogant or rude or proud or all those things that we read in 1 Corinthians 13, if you could be patient and you could be kind, you know, maybe you could point them to Jesus and Jesus could help them. Because Jesus didn't say it's your job to help them. He just said, bring the one that you're the one that tells them about reconciliation. Bring bring them to me. So I will end this morning by asking this question. As the church, to be the church, have we lost sight of what our job is? Right? I I have had to go to God and say, God, I want to see an end to racism. Lord, I want to see our country heal from the political divide. God, I want to see an antidote to the physical, mental, and emotional crisis that we're in for for this pandemic. But Lord, it's not up to me to try to fix all these things. God, I can only do what you've called me to do, and that is to tell other people about Jesus because it's Jesus that can fix all these things. That's what the world needs. And this is what we see that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? You know, I've found in my own life, when I recognize that I've fallen short, that's the, f- that's the nice word for when I've sinned, right? Because that is what sin is. It's falling short. When I've fallen short, I can't make excuses. I can't try to justify what I've done and why I've done it. I just have to say, God, I've messed up. Lord, and, and, and I know that when we mess up, God says this in First 1 John 1, 1 8 and 9. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're like me this morning and you feel like, you know what, maybe I've, I've lost sight of my job as an ambassador. Maybe I've gone a little rogue. Maybe I've gone a lot of rogue. Maybe I, the how I've communicated has not been with love, like God would call me to say with love. Then let's go to him and say, God, would you help me get back on track? Because here's, here's the deal. Lives are at stake Jesus wants to move in people's lives, and he needs us. We're his marketing team, right? It's up to you and me to share the love of Jesus and to tell people about the truth of the gospel. If we don't do it, God's not going to do it. He's the Savior. His role is not to tell us. He's the Savior. And he's like, you've got the role of telling people about me. And see, the good news is this, this morning, when we start to fulfill our role, we free God up to do his role. And then, man, revival starts to happen because people are hearing about the word of God and their lives are changing because it's the power of the gospel that changes lives, not the power of my persuasive words against your, you know, your thoughts that are different than mine. So would, would, could we go together to the Lord and say, God, would you work in our hearts to get us back on track? to to get us back to being the ambassadors you've called us to be. Because I want to see revival come. I, I know it's already starting, but revival starts in our hearts. It doesn't start way out there somewhere. It starts in me. It starts in you. It starts in our community. But it starts with us coming to God and saying, God, I've messed up. Would you forgive me and help me get back on track? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this word from 2 Corinthians, God, that you have called us all to be ambassadors. Lord, when we've fallen short of that, when we've gone rogue, Lord, we don't make excuses for that. God, we've been wrong, and we apologize. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. And God, I I thank you that as the church, as we stand up and be the church, you're going to do something amazing in our lives, God. We're going to be reconciled to you. We're going to be living for you, fulfilling the calling that you've given to each one of us. And Lord, I pray as we fulfill that call, Lord, that you, you back it up with the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, that we see people's lives get changed by the gospel. And what a privilege it is to be used by you, Lord. So we offer ourselves up to you, God. Just as Isaiah said, Father, here we are. Would you use us today, God? Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Fill us with your message that we would be your ambassadors, not only with what the message is, but how you've called us to share it. And I thank you, Lord, for each one. And I pray your blessing upon them, God. As we go through this week, help us, Lord, remember what you've called us to do, that we would fulfill your calling. We would do our job. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, have a great day. God bless you. Enjoy the nice weekend.